baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is 4.07, drive time with Tarusha. So glad to have you with us. Nice to have Laura Oaks back after vacation. We'll talk to Laura about where she went uh, just after the 5 o'clock news. So that'll be coming up at 5 at 5.30. We've got uh, Michael Rand with us, right? Big developments if you're a Twins fan, sort of trying to figure out what's going to happen with the TV broadcast. Nobody has complained more about streaming and the lack of streaming option for baseball fans uh, than Michael Rand, who I constantly give a hard time about the fact that he could uh, maybe open up his wallet and subscribe to cable or satellite. And just like me, he could watch all of the games. Uh, but Michael and the, the kids out there are winning. And so streaming is where it's at. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on for Twins fans looking to watch uh, games on TV. Of course, the radio broadcast, no, no issues with that. Uh, we'll have every Twins game right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And Dan and I are going to spring training. Uh, when are we going, Dan? Like, I believe our first show from Fort Myers will be February 19th. All right. President's Day, actually. Dan better remind me when to go to the airport. Yeah, that'll be the day before. Okay, that. If nobody tells me, I yeah, don't, you yeah, know, I just, do I do what I'm told. Uh, and we'll actually be live next Thursday from the Diamond Awards. So I'm uh, emceeing the Diamond Awards, which is like the Twins Awards they give themselves, which as a former uh, president of the regional chapter of the Emmys, I may be the foremost expert in giving awards to You're a big fan of giving awards my to own yourself. people. Yeah, to, right. well, to yourself so specifically. Well, <laughs> let's be honest. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, 409 uh, on Wednesdays at this time, we talk with current and former members of the media, and that's what we're going to do right now. That's not, that's not, <laughs> that's the wrong cook. What are you doing? You know, that would have been such a smooth transition we're if so you just good. would have shut up. Is this what happens when you have a, a former media critic, a former radio host in studio cook just froze up and started playing the card sharks it's, theme. it's the long game just to get back at me i, I think that's what it is you know, <laughs> a former competitor I right just, i think he's been waiting it's it's been a decade maybe two maybe <laughs> three and he finally got his moment dan and, oh, plays the, goes the shit yeah, plays the long game david brower is our guest who has had a long career in the twin cities which is a nice way of saying now you're old. I'm old, baby. I'm old. Medicare this year. I mean, you're old. I'm hosting afternoons on CCO Radio. You are. I'm and, old, and, now. and you're younger than the demographic. So, <laughs> yes, <you> I am. <laughs> David Brower for a long time was the uh, Min Post media reporter. He had a blog called Brow Blog, but before that, he's oh, where haven't you written? Where haven't I written? I haven't written for the Star Tribune. Really? Believe it or not. I wrote one Are you piece. blacklisted, or what do no, you think? No, no, I was never all that interested. I yeah. started in the alternative weeklies back when we had two. Uh, Twin Cities Reader was my first home. The Reader, but, and you were at the Reader in the really the the amazing days of 
incredible writers in this. Yeah, movie. I actually uh, got David Carr's first piece. I edited it before Brian Lambert did, and Lambert was the editor of the Reader. And then David got me in the door, so I was there for I don't know eight or nine years, and then uh, left to go to City Pages. Then left to go back to the reader. Then left to go to City Pages. Those were the days, man, when you had competitors who were paying salaries or at least good freelance rates, and you could just go back and forth and spend weeks on a cover story and write six thousand words. Jason, we wrote six thousand words, and we didn't think it was enough. Now, six thousand words—if you never counted the words in something you're reading—that's a hell of a long. It's piece. a lot of words. That's like that's like a chapter. That's like a couple chapters in a book. And, and they would they would pay uh, obviously if you're a staff writer you're making a, a regular wage yeah I think the wage I got as a freelancer and again we're talking about let's talk the 90s yeah I think I got 25 cents a word and then at one point they wanted to cut it at City Pages new editor new regime they wanted to cut it to 15 cents and I was so outraged I went back to the reader <laughs> so you know those I, I, again I feel super sorry really I do for. Uh, the journalists of today, because they're asked to do so much more, uh, blogging, photographing, you know, writing, everything, social media. And honestly, they get paid less. I mean, the guys at the Strib don't, but um, but anybody who's not union, it's tough. David Brower is here. You had a radio career as well, right? Brief one. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I was... Uh, uh, I was Bob Yates's replacement for those of you that are also long in the tooth at KFAN, and I was on KFAN for about a year and a half, and then I jumped to KSTP after they fired Jesse the Body Ventura. Ah. They brought Nick Coleman in as a interim host, and then the guy who'd hired me, Mark Ginther at KFAN, uh, became the guy over there, or at least the new Steve Conrad, who was the guy. And that's how I got in there. And I lasted lasted about a year there, and I decided to leave because my son had been born. Hmm. And uh, getting up at 2.30 in the morning to do morning drive, and I got up that early. Yeah. And it wasn't a good long-term uh, thing in my – for, for, for living. I wouldn't be here if I was still doing it. And, and, of course, at that time, I should just mention, too, Howard Stern and some guy over at KQRS were, like, getting 75 percent of the morning audience, and I think I was getting 3 percent. So there's that. Too. You you have a unique perspective from from writing in that sort of really amazing age in, in the Twin Cities where, where you have these uh, legendary writers and people who go on to be editors and columnists and all of that, but then also uh, becoming an observer – in the like two thousand yeah. of the media scene, yeah. Uh, what the the reason I initially reached out to you is, uh, I, it's sort of amazing to me that it's been more than ten years since you filed at Minpo. Yeah, that's right. And it's been about that long. Now the, there are uh, there is a media writer in town, Neil Justin, who I think. Uh, probably writes more about like sitcoms and national kind of, he's like a national media writer more than a local media. Yeah. Writer. Neil's gigs always been a little strange to me, but I think basically he writes about the entertainment part of media. Uh, also kind of serves as Garrison Keillor's Boswell and Tom Bernard's, you know, he, he, he manages to get interviews with those guys. Uh, I definitely didn't see that sort of access as being central to what I did. You did, you did media Criticism. I did. I criticized the media. And I am 
surprised that in an era where you do have so many websites, so many independent media operations in town, you really do. I mean, we don't have it's not two warring alt weeklies. But if you look at the Reformer and MinPost and Alpha News and on and on, uh, Sahan Journal, uh, you have so many different media organizations, yet no one is covering the media. No one. Yeah, I mean, I always used to hear from people, well, you know, that's kind of super inside. You're covering yourself and nobody really cares about the media. And I would always tell them, at least when I was writing at the Alt Weeklies, certainly when I was writing at MinCo's Post, because we can actually tell, I was the most read writer at MinPost. Now, these were the early years, but like people, at least of that slice of the audience, really want to read about how the media works. I mean, if you just Look at social media now, which, of course, has blown up since I left uh, the game. You know, people talk about the media and media coverage and media bias and media holes and media flaws all the time. You could make an argument that the sort of thing I did is less necessary now because, really, people can participate in the big square. Or you could say what I need to do is what I did was more important because we do need somebody to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff and actually pick up the phone and make calls. I, I don't do that anymore, but I used to. So uh, what I can say is that if somebody had somebody wanted to drive some readership and somebody wanted to risk some money, I think th- there is a market for it. One of the problems, you know, Star Tribune's not going to do that beat really i mean neil doesn't really do that beat. and everybody got rid of like their ombudsman who sort oh, of yeah, reported yeah. I mean, on that their was own a, that foibles. was a, that was a moment in time yeah. that that you know I, I mean i think some people really tried hard to make being an internal critic which is what an ombudsman is work but uh, you know when the resources especially ads yeah. in the daily newspaper business went away you had to concentrate. It's hard, on, on man. Who who wants to pay someone to criticize their own people? Yeah. You're like, people are lodging bombs at the media left and right. Everybody hates the media. Well, and doing a self-criticism, no matter how well you do it and no matter how earnest you do it, seems to convince no one. Correct. So if you're, Correct. Doing, if, yes. if, if, if you're doing it to try to show accountability, um, that's good. I think you should. But it's not really paying off in terms of what a higher – uh, public esteem. It's a shame because I do think that this we need we hold others accountable in the media, and I'll still use we. Yeah, uh, we should hold ourselves accountable. And I always appreciated the fact that that you know maybe seventy five percent of the media institutions in town that I covered would actually respond and participate, and that was pretty good and showed kind of a commitment. You know, there were places that didn't, uh, but. You know, the Pioneer Press at the end, when they were owned uh, uh, by the original, you know, incarnation of media news, they really didn't want to play. But even they would play a little bit because they read about themselves and they have egos. Oh, yeah. yeah. We we all do. We, well, especially, you know, what there's, a, wait, there's an wait, Edward wait, R. Murrow. Especially me? There's, <laughs> there, there, well, I'm saying especially <laughs> us. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, there's an Edward R. Murrow quote that is possibly apocryphal where he says, uh, journalists don't have thin skins. They have no skins. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really true of us. We, we, you know, we're always looking around, but we think about ourselves quite a bit. David Brower is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter. It is dbrower on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Also well, on Blue Sky. On Blue Sky, too. Awesome. Same. D Brower. Same it's, a brand. it's a brand. Yeah. 
you and I are both stuck with like sort of the same login that we used like on MinSpeak back in 2005. It's not a bad thing. It's having all right. that kind of long. I, I, if I would have made up some name like, you know, Cuckchode 69, it would have yeah. been a big problem. So True. Uh, I'm really I'm really glad I Can I you say that on WCCR? Uh, Dan didn't hit the button. I don't know so if Dan hit the fine. I don't know if Dan hit the button I think or you're not. Fine. So yeah. All right, it's 419. Everybody's got to look it up anyway. Well, <laughs> please don't. We'll take a break. <laughs> I want to get David's assessment on sort of some of the changes that we've seen in media. I think there are changes that have happened since uh, the murder of George Floyd and since some of the protests that we've seen in the Twin Cities that have resulted in very positive change in the way media does their business. I'll see if David agrees or disagrees. We'll talk about that next here on CCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 425, David Brower is with us for a long time, a media critic, media writer, journalist. Your bio says current fitness guy. I am. I'm a fitness instructor at the downtown YMCA. Come see me. Take my class group power Monday and Wednesdays at Did, did you ever envision that? I know no. like you had a very no, no. major lifestyle change. No, right? yeah. I was uh, – when I was a journalist uh, uh, over the years, I, I – I think at my highest, I weighed 40 pounds more than I weigh now. Mm, And uh, I think journalists can appreciate this. So can other people. But, you know, when you go from sort of living inside your mind and creating things out of vapor to actually like touching iron and uh, starting to do things that are very tangible, it's a nice compliment. And it just I kind of went with it. So. I before the break asked about the change in journalism. I think if you ask the public, the general public has a worse opinion of journalism today than they did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And it wasn't great then, but yeah. And it Uh wasn't great. It's always been like sort of. Oh, yeah. No, it's always better. People love, they love their local. It's like, it's like uh, uh, U.S. senators and Congress people. Yes. We hate Congress, but oh my gosh, I love my guy. Really? Is that what you find when you open up the phone lines? They, <laughs> I know what you mean, though. They I sort of feel that way when I was in local news, certainly. Like, yeah. people hated the national media. But they like us. But they more. loved us. Yeah. I don't know. Just because you feel like a friend or a neighbor or whatever. Yeah, I think maybe. there's a certain... Which type. local does have yeah, some. You're right. On TV, certainly, it goes for likability. So, yeah. Um, I personally uh, was very receptive and appreciative to uh, the message that came from a lot of the protesters during some of the uh, deaths that were caused or came at the hand of police, some caused by, some came at the hand of. Either way, there were protests. And there there was a message of saying, you know, you guys in the media, just take the police version and report it as fact. And, well, there are some practical challenges during breaking news. You get information where you, where you can. Uh, I do see a major change in the way information is reported in that it's it's tends to be more sourced, tends to be more cautious about early information isn't always right. This is what the police are saying. Uh, breaking news still 
as it breaks is sort of a fire hose of information. But I do think like, uh, and certainly I noticed it when I was over at TV, the writing, uh, uh, at least what I could be responsible for. I, I appreciated the fact that people were out there caring about the way the media was, was doing their job. I think we're better. It's still not great, but it's, I think it's more skeptical. Do you? I'm not sure I agree. I have to think that one through. But my, my gut reaction is that the same dynamics that lead to some criticism of media reporting of public safety are still in existence today. First of all, as you kind of alluded to, when you're covering a breaking thing, you really only have the cops to go with. And, you know, you remember the how George Floyd broke. Uh, yep. That was not an accurate a bunch of information that came from Correct. Minneapolis police. Right. Now you can argue about whether or not that inaccuracy or result of something, you know, just doing history in a hurry, which is one of the definitions of journalism I like, uh, or that the media, that the cops were actually trying to spin yeah. the media yeah. away from the story. And you still see that today. There's an officer involved shooting uh, or, you know, something that's very passive in right. terms of what the police actually did. That sort of structural thing where, we got to cover the crime and we got to do it right away. And therefore we got to take what we can get. I think that still exists today. And in fact, I think in the post George Floyd environment, that was even heightened because there was this tremendous fear of public safety and, and people hit on that. I always, this was something that's been true since 1982, since I started at the twin cities reader, people are always in a hurry on crime and they're always reaching for some easy uh, solution and some easy thing to blame. And it's almost always wrong. And uh, that's just been my experience for 40 years. It's one reason why I'm, I'm, I continue to be skeptical of reporting. I, I was sitting in your green room or your yellow room today uh, waiting to come on. And, uh, you know, there's a good in-depth story in the Star Tribune about how crime rates in Minneapolis have fallen while police numbers have fallen. That was my first half hour today. You should Very go, good. go good. check the podcast. Good job. I was driving my dad was, uh, yeah. to a medical yeah. appointment. But anyway, uh, that's a great story. That's a story I would claim I, I was arguing that was probably going to be true in 2021. Yeah. And, and, you know, now in 2024, we have the data and we can actually say that. But you don't when we're in the height of it and that debate is happening over more cops, I don't think you see that kind of long game. Here's what evidence has shown as much as you need to sort of get a true public debate coming in. There seems to be a lot of, you know, people downtown who own businesses say downtown is incredibly dangerous and the only solution is more cops. And you have them on because they have businesses, they have investments in downtown, they have a right to their perspective. But at the same time, there is this sort of longitudinal evidence that cop numbers uh, are not really correlated to right. crime numbers. Yeah. So I will at least violent crime. Uh, right. right. Well, I mean, and, and you know, you can Most look at what we track and you right. can, and you can look at the crime numbers right now and say, as the star tribune did in the story that maybe appeared tomorrow, but it's tomorrow, online yeah. right now, you know, they mentioned that, that car thefts are way up in Minneapolis. That's all they said. And that's factually true, but we know why car thefts are up in Minneapolis because Hyundais and Kias are incredibly easy to steal right. and they still are. Um, so is that a, cop problem well can the cops stop that problem probably not uh is that a minneapolis leftist city council defund problem probably not it's a problem that you can uh, my daughter had a kia stolen in a not in minneapolis but in another it's real easy to steal kias 
and yeah. Kia didn't do much about it. Do you so, think? Do you think the public, generally speaking, talk about mainstream media organizations, right? Because the lefties can have the their publications they like to read. The righties have theirs. Uh, which I don't recall it being quite like that no, no, 10 no. or 15 years ago. No, this this is. But I don't know if people are open or uh, sometimes I get discouraged that people are not open to a real debate other than seeing their own opinions parroted back at them. So I'd like to say I've always been, been for a real debate, but what concerns me, and I wrote about this when I was a media critic, what concerns me is sometimes what masks or masquerades for a real debate is we found a reasonable person saying reasonable things, and we're going to find somebody on the other side who turns out to be an unreasonable person saying really unreasonable things. And is there enough time in whatever your debate to cross-check? Is rhetoric strong enough? I know you're a big debate guy. Is rhetoric strong enough in an interview to really find the truth? And so my concern is, okay, a real debate. Like if you want to have Dean Phillips on, for example, and somebody who supports Joe Biden, I think we could probably get to a reasonable place. Uh, on the other hand, if you have MAGA Queen uh, uh, 11, uh, 1388 on versus somebody for Joe Biden, that's going to be a wildly different debate that is unlikely to shed a whole lot of light on it. So I think it's great to have to have differing views, but I do think we need to sort of consider, even within whatever objectivity we think we have, the credibility of the people that we have on. And you can argue that, well, that's narrowing the field too much and some of these people that are like, in my case, of being a lefty, way out on the right, they actually have things to say that you don't want to hear. And that's, there's, there's a grain of truth in that. But as I, as I, as I watch the landscape, I feel like there's a flooding of the zone with crap, with lies, with, with stuff that isn't proven out, that the earth is flat, that global warming isn't happening. And you've got to spend all this time knocking chaff down. And it's, it's, it's a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is bad faith chaff. And we spend but are, are you just time. responding to what bubbles up into your feed, which is mostly leftist? So, oh, I, you don't know about my feed, but oh. um, uh, I think I, I just mean, don't know that anyone's doing a broad survey of what regular media or mainstream media is doing, and so you just see the bad actors and people look well, for what they want. Well, that could be. I mean, we we know that if you you're know, not consuming a lot of stuff, like who knows, like. Yeah, I feel like I don't feel qualified to say like is are the networks doing a good job? I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. I don't watch enough. Of I'm it not watching know. the networks. Right. No. So it's unfair to say like, oh, it's all this crap out there. Oh, we don't know. Well, but keep in mind. OK, so if you're asking me to assess the current state of TV news. I would not have credibility. You would, you I know. don't watch it. Right. Um, if you're asking me to assess the credibility of the Star Tribune or the Pioneer Press or yeah. Sahan Journal or Alpha News or, um, uh, you know, Minnesota reformer, I can do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm. You I'm, read enough of I, that. I read that it you all. Feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I read yeah. a lot. Like there's a social media thing where you want to go, especially if you're me, if you're an elderly shut-in now, you want to go to just talk to people. Right. But I mean, I still read 
Yeah, regular journal. Yeah. I still pay for regular journalism. I pay a ridiculous amount for regular journalism, to be honest. We're both old. We I both know. still we pay re- for this we, stuff. We really are. Well, David, we're out of time. We're I used stop. to get a salary doing it. So I, that's right. You can. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Jason. Thanks for getting me out of the retirement home. It's we really got nice. you out. We got you talking to other people in real life. It's really nice. Uh, Touch skin. I can also attest he has a bandage on. Bandage it's, on see, it's for those of lie. you who listen to the ad, I'm just since I'm an old media critic, I'm just going to say I can verify that he actually has a bandage on the side of. I cannot verify what's in underneath the bandage. The right. <laughs> I'm that committed to the bed. <laughs> yes, I at least are. put a bandage. Yeah, that's on. really good. Yeah. David, this was fun. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for asking. David Brower, follow him on Twitter. Uh, be ready, though. I'm always ready. Brother. That's always right. ready. No, the people need to be ready for what they're going to get. That, that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Warn them. 436. We'll break. Come right back with traffic and weather on CCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 